if you like single mothers, you'll also like the mamas and the papas. It's like, no, I don't know. They're not really the same at all. Hi, friends. Welcome to Best Friends Forever. I'm August Woody. My pronouns are they, them. I'm Lennon Hookstra. My pronouns are they, them. I'm Kevin O'Connor. My pronouns are he, him. Cool. So today we're going to be talking about Single Mothers and their 2014 album, Negative Qualities. Woo! (laughs) Single Mothers is a hardcore punk band from London, Ontario in Canada. As they say on their band camp, Single Mothers broke up in 2009 and have been playing shows ever since. Hell yeah. Yeah, I wonder wonder what they mean by that. Is that just like a fun, is that a fun joke? Or is that like, did they actually break up? Because I've noticed that they've had a ton of different members. It seems like they break up a lot. Yeah, I'll get into a little bit. Let me see. If you look at Dynalone Records, which is the label that they're on in Canada specifically, it has kind of like a little bit of a background behind the band that is kind of more information than I've ever found before. So it says, founded by poet and vocalist Drew Thompson in 2008, the band began as a means for payback. However, due to Thompson's short fuse and tendency to destroy equipment, Single Mothers quickly ran through nine members. My God. Known to fire his entire band outright, which he did in 2009, and to have two different versions of the band existing at the same time, Thompson would simultaneously dissolve the band and keep it going. At one point, the band even continued on without him. If you look at their... (laughs) If you look at their Wikipedia page, it has this whole paragraph section in it talking about how Drew quit the band to pursue gold mining for like two years. What? And genuinely, like, I I don't know if it's a joke or not. So I guess this a bit. (laughs) That is so crazy. Yeah, I just thought they were like a not very successful band that had members coming and going all the time. Because you see that all the time. I didn't know that the two the two versions of the band happening at the same time is psychotic. (laughs) That is so wild. How do you plan for anything? Oh, man. Yeah, I forgot how much I loved this album and how much I loved Single Mothers. It's been a long time since I've dug into them at all. Yeah, I know. Like, I started listening to them pretty early on because I was really into Touche Amore and Jeremy Bohm. Yes. And Jeremy had just started his sub label called Secret Voice under Deathwish Records. And the very first release from Secret Voice was Single Mother's self titled EP, which came out in 2011. They kind of like re released it in 2012. And I just immediately fell in love with it. So. That's the one that has a, is that Christian Girls in Winter Coats is on there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has like the dream catcher. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that one's, that's also what got me into them. And I think it's because you liked them. You and I are childhood friends. Well, to a point, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we, you showed me them. And I think my first memory is seeing, thinking that that was a very cool album cover. And then also you and I saw them at, I want to say, Burrow Bar. Yeah. Yeah. I have my notes that? that I dragged you with me to say Single Mothers. And it was like early July of 2012. Uh, I don't think I wanted to go that much. No, like nobody that I knew wanted to go because like nobody else knew about them or listened to them. And I was like, right, this is your need- argument at the time. This is what exactly what you said. You're like, nobody wants to go because nobody <laughs> listens to them. <laughs> and it made sense because we went to the show and there was like six people in the crowd. Yeah, I mean, it was Burrow Bar, but yeah. Right, so people with like <laughs> half the room, but like it wasn't a lot of people. And Drew Thompson, first first of all, I, I don't know if you remember me saying that it was one of the best live shows I've ever seen. Yes. Like they're so good. Uh, an incredible live band. He plays without shoes on, which I thought was bananas at just some like dive bar in Jacksonville. <laughs> yeah, it's taking a risk for sure. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, it's disgusting. It is disgusting. But they were so, they were great. They were great. A lot of energy. And I think the only other time I saw them, which is a show you might have been at too. Uh, do you remember when they opened for a uh, title fight and pianos become the teeth? Yeah, I want to say, I, I don't know if that was later that same year, or like the next year, but it yeah. Was at that bar that, that changed, 
the name like 10 times. Yeah, Phoenix Taproom or Atticus or (laughs) the Imperial it used to be. Right. I didn't even know that one. I never heard that one before. And that show was crazy because I think during title fight set, uh, crowd surfers were like hanging from the water pipes. And I think they had to end the show early because one of the water pipes like burst. Yeah. (laughs) So it was like one of the most punk rock shows I've ever been to in my life. And once again, Single Mothers, crazy good. Just one of the best live bands I've ever seen. Have you been, have either of you kept up with or listened to any of their music that wasn't this album? Cause it's really interesting how different it is. Yeah. I actually, I have a tattoo off of, I think it's their second album, Our Pleasure. Yeah. The last song on Our Pleasure, the last mm-hmm. song is called Bolt Cutters. And so I have um, a tattoo of a set of bolt cutters and it says Good Riddance, which is a line from the song. But I don't think that I planned it this way, but I did end up getting my single mother tattoo on Father's Day, which I thought was funny. Yeah, single fathers. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I don't, I don't have a relationship with my dad at this point. And so getting a single mother tattoo that says good riddance on Father's Day was like very symbolic for me in a way that I didn't even necessarily intend. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize that they got so I thought I kind of assumed because I saw them in like this era of the band. This one came out a couple of years later. Negative qualities after you and I saw them live a few mm-hmm. times, which, by the way, I just looked up the date that was uh, in like October of 2012. Isn't that like disgustingly a long time ago? Like, doesn't really that make is, you feel yeah. so old? <laughs> 11 years ago. I uh, didn't really keep up with them after Negative Qualities, which I really, really enjoyed. I just, you know, fell out of listening to them. And I kind of assumed they stuck with the hardcore punk thing. And they kind of don't. Right. Yeah, they get very, like, ethereal. They kind of go the way of Title Fight, where it's just like, it's, uh, it's like brighter and lighter and poppier almost. Poppier is maybe not the right word, but. Um, yeah, a little bit. But there's, I mean, there's, they've still got that, like, kind of sludgy feel to them. Yeah. They and a lot have- of that's his voice. Yeah, and they have one song where he just he's just yelling, "Whatever happened to single mothers?" <laughs> <laughs> I read an interview with him about how people get mad. Like a lot of fans are like mad at him every time they put out a new album because it's not just negative qualities again. A lot of people want them to go back to that like very simple hardcore punk, just like loud drums, loud guitar thing. And he's like, "I respect that they want what they want, but like fuck them. I'm just gonna <laughs> I'm going to record anything I want to." And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, everything that I know about single mothers leads me to believe they don't give a shit. <laughs> no, they don't. He especially, especially Andrew Thompson, he doesn't seem to. And this is their first of six albums now, as far as like their their full lengths go. So they they have released a bunch of EPs and stuff like that as well. But yeah. they have six full length albums, which is wild to me. They are, they're pretty prolific. They're a lot more prolific than I thought. They have, yeah, they have six studio albums out since 2014. That's pretty good. Six and nine years. Right. I feel like that's a ton of output. And especially, and even in between a lot of those, they were putting out EPs and singles and splits. They're a machine. They definitely don't stop. Yeah, that's why it's wild to me that like supposedly they've broken up and gotten back together so many times and stuff like that. It's like, I guess that was just a problem really early on and they really found their groove. So Yeah, hopefully. Otherwise, they're just dealing with that stress all the time. And the stress of like having to like destroy and put back together a band all the time sounds so terrible. Yeah. Lennon, did you know anything about Single Mothers before? Or is this kind of like a first listen through for you? Yeah. So this was an album that was introduced to me through August. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they had sent me a playlist and I think one or two of the songs off of this album were in that playlist. And the ones that were in the playlist kind of went into my gym playlist, but I yeah. hadn't listen to the album as a whole until we decided to do this and i realized Mm -hmm. that they were the same songs but yeah i mean i've just been kind of digesting this album for the last couple days in preparation and it's a very good album it is definitely a majority of it is now on my gym playlist but it's a great workout album that's such a good call Oh, yeah. Like, this is this a will, leg day will, album for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's been a, do you remember what songs were on the original uh, workout playlist? Two seconds. Cause I feel like marbles would go crazy at the gym. 
when that like the the very sludgy base at the beginning i also thought it was interesting august that you brought up touche amore because they do it does have a very like parting the sea between brightness and me is that the name of that album it's the name of one of them yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it has like very that feel to it and i think like a big reason that they remind me of each other is that they record the drums in a way that they like it's almost like they want the drums to peak a little bit yeah and that's and that's what adds like i was listening to it and i'm like the guitars aren't that heavy like they're distorted and stuff they're not that heavy but why does this sound so heavy and i think it's just because the drums make the drums sound like they're gonna crush my headphones they're so loud and so mic'd up okay so going back to it i did find the playlist and the original songs were half lit and blood pressure half lit's a good gym song for sure i'm gonna throw them onto a gym playlist that's (laughs) a good idea do you have a particular favorites from this album either of you I think Marbles is a favorite for me. Yeah. Overdose is a great pressure. Most of them. (laughs) Yeah, they're all really good. And, you know, it all is kind of like one long song because it's like a very consistent sound. It's very driving the entire time. It never really stops. And once again, it's only 23 minutes. It's like a classic hardcore punk album in that sense. Yeah. That it's like that perfect amount of time. It's an episode of The Office long. Yeah, I feel like... I mean, especially living in Jacksonville and it taking 30 minutes to get anywhere. It's like, right. <laughs> it's like almost too short. It's like, I want to, I want to have this whole album to listen to on my drive. Yeah. Going anywhere in Florida, it takes like 40 minutes and you can pop this bad boy on twice <laughs> in, in that, in that way. When do we get into the track list? I don't have a ton of memories with this band. I just, I've seen them twice and I was really into them for about a year. And that's about as far as I took it with them. So you I don't, don't have, you don't normally listen to this kind of music though, right? What, like this uh, kind of hardcore music? It depends. Not really. It depends on the band. I usually either go way less heavy than this or way heavier than this. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm either listening to like Arctic Monkeys or The Chariot, which yeah. are uh, opposite ends of this kind of heavy. So yeah, I don't, I, I tend not to, but I really, there was a moment there where I was big into that whole like title fight, Pianos Become the Teeth, this band, I'm trying to think of uh, Balance and Composure, who don't really sound like this, I guess, no. around that same <laughs> fraternity. <laughs> I was, I was trying to think of bands to say like, yeah, this is for fans of so-and-so. And mm-hmm. I was looking on Spotify, gave me like drug church and it's so good ceremony Samurai. yeah there was a little bit of ceremony i feel like older ceremony probably yeah at least for this album and then um on Bandcamp, the number one album that it said people would also enjoy was dad's and i was like i feel like this is more of a play on words than an actual comparison yeah. <laughs> sonically it don't really seem like they go together at all but, um, but they are but they are like parental names and uh, as a band name so <laughs> yeah. maybe maybe you'll like this i did have a dad song come on after you know spotify shuffle songs for you after you finish an album and spotify played me a dad song also so i thought that was interesting <laughs> if you like single mothers you'll also like the mamas and the papas it's like no i don't know they're not really the <laughs> same at all <laughs> okay last thing before we get into it i just wanted to bring up this quote from jeremy bohm in regards to the way that they sound and kind of how jeremy found them he said that touche more played an off-date show in hamilton ontario and a band opened the show called single mothers they started their set as i was organizing our merch and after about 45 seconds my ears perked up and i dropped what i was doing I watched their set in entirety with my eyes wide and a rabid feeling of excitement that I knew I was witnessing something very special. Single Mothers plays a style of punk post-hardcore that is both high in energy and layered with creativity. There's a level of honesty that vocalist Andrew Thompson gives with every song and performance that is jaw-dropping and hair-raising. He's talking about their self-titled EP, and he says that it serves as an unforgiving confessional of late intoxicated nights and sexual deviant behavior. Imagine a hybrid of the Hold Steady and the Bronx with a grimy overtone all its own. Yeah, that's exactly it. They are so... If you... I feel like when you listened to the self-titled EP, you almost had to like get past how gritty it was. You had to like not pay attention to how hard it was to listen to. <laughs> yeah, like it's the just, way that it was recorded. It's just so poorly recorded. Or not even poorly. Like, you know, if that's what people are into listening to, that's fine. It's just... it's It sounds very like cheaply recorded. 
Yeah, there's and something about it though that I just fucking loved. It's I, so charming. I, I know. I never had a problem with it. And there's there. Yeah. And it's weird because like sometimes it'll bother me, and then. I feel like sometimes it doesn't, but also like when I say sometimes it doesn't, I'm thinking specifically about the single mother self-titled ET every time. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the one where it doesn't bother me. I'm like, I'm so fucking good. And I don't care. And you listen to a song like Winter Coats, I think is the one where it has like that long guitar intro. And that yes. sounds pretty good. It That sounds like pretty good. And then like the drums start coming in a little bit. You're like, oh, that sounds pretty good, too. Like as far as like how it was recorded. And then it's the, what I was saying before, when the drums come in, it just everything gets in. I think so much of their sound is the drums. Yeah, I don't uh, have to say like the song Winter Coats specifically. Yeah. I feel like Single Mothers is a band with a really fucking good drummer. Um, yeah. I don't normally notice that sort of thing. I don't play an instrument myself. So you play I, guitar. Come on. I used to play guitar. I haven't <laughs> in years. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I normally don't necessarily notice like, wow, this is a really good guitar part or a really good drum piece. Mm -hmm. But with the beginning of Winter Coats, I'm like, this is such a fucking good drum intro like it's so yeah. fucking good he's really he's uh incredible and i don't even want to look up and see who the drummer is because it could have been i'm on their wikipedia page and this is crazy i keep we keep talking about the band members thing but they have four current members under former members they have 11 guitarists seven bassists and uh 16 drummers 16 i don't know if it's 16 hold on <laughs> one two three four five six seven eight nine ten Oh, I was adding studio albums in there. Yeah, it's only 10, but it's a ton. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say six, and then you said 16. I was like, what the fuck? It's so many. It's so many. Like, it's they have enough drummers that they could have, like, two drummers for every couple of songs that they've released as a band. It's so crazy. But, yeah. Oh, what I was going to say about their self-titled EP is that even if you're not the kind of person that likes the kind of like lo-fi gritty recording type style, if you aren't into it because of that, and then you see them live, you're into it now. Like they're, they're an intoxicating live band to watch. It's so chaotic. And like his entire vibe is like sarcastic. Drew Thompson's vibe yeah. on stage is very like eye rolly. And he's like, Puh. like, you know, that thing when people in like old movies and stuff, when uh, someone wanted to like roll their eyes, they would just like do the jerk off motion. That's like his <laughs> entire attitude. <laughs> and it's great. It works for them so well. Yeah, we'll get to it. But there's definitely a song or two on this album where I actively roll my eyes and kind of like move my whole fucking head in a circle <laughs> yeah yeah very eye rolly type band all righty so the first song on this album is overdose starts the whole album off with a bang like the guitar chords it's just like they're just chords playing in and it, like they sound very light and it's it like almost undersells what you're about to hear because it's the same thing when the when the drums and the whole band come in they're really good at that they're really good at kind of like catching you off guard with a song intro because it'll be just kind of like a light guitar thing like it is an overdose where it's just the choppy chords and stuff and then bam the whole band comes in and it's it's like they're like this is what you're going to be hearing for the next 24 minutes it's just this sound yeah, I also feel like the line, I overdosed on self-destruction, woke up with a bad reputation, could kind of encapsulate this whole album. He talks about that a lot, actually, on this album. is like, in Marbles, there's that line, I'm a hypocrite, but I'm okay with it. It's it's a lot of him talking about how he knows that he's like a, a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't bother him at all. But it must a little if he writes about it so often. I bet that's a demon he has to work with. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't know if he's that okay with not caring about stuff. If it's on his mind all the time. I mean, at least he's self-aware of it. Yeah, he seems to be. Yeah. That's a, that's a line in Marbles, too, that he's like self-aware to a point of something. Mm -hmm. Self-aware to, yeah, just a... I bet he would be easy to deal with in a therapy session. Like, it, it, he seems like he knows what all of his problems are. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't be, like, shocking to get to those, like, revelatory points. But yeah, great intro. Great intro song. We're already talking about marbles. So. Yeah, let's go yeah, straight into right marbles. <laughs> yeah, this is the album's single. I like when you can kind of nail it. Like if you don't know what an album single is and you're listening to the album for the first time in a while and you're like, I bet this is the single. <laughs> and I was correct. I think it was like this and then like maybe a later one was half lit. 
But this yeah. one sounds like the single. This is like a perfect encapsulation of them as a band. It's like quick. You got the distorted bass intro and then the drums. Of the it's just, this is to me like who they are as a band is this song. It's so fucking good. I love, I love the way that in the second verse, he's like, she's all like, blah, 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 blah. Something about McSweeney, something about her thesis. It's so <laughs> good. It's so, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is he so like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> the line that you were mentioning earlier, it's, I'm so self-aware that it's crippling. Yeah. I feel that. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> but for him, I don't even know if it's, like, do you think that's like an anxiety thing? Maybe, because that's like what my self-awareness, like, that's how it manifests for me, is that like, I'm so self-aware that I don't want to like put myself out there or anything. And that's like an anxiety thing. I wonder if he's like so self-aware of like how little anything matters. He's got Maybe, like a very but there's tone. a little bit of almost like an arrogance to it. Yeah, right? Yeah. Like, like people who are very proud to be nihilists. Like kind of that like, oh, you guys still think life matters? <laughs> okay. Have fun with that. Like that attitude. Yeah. I mean, I think it's his way of being able to talk shit while still recognizing that there's plenty of things that people could talk shit on him about, but he still wants to talk shit. So... Like that scene in Eight Mile, <laughs> you know, where he, like where he spends his whole rap making fun of himself, and then he goes to the other rapper, and he's like, "What are you going to say about me now?" And he's like, <laughs> "Oh, no, I lost the rap battle." <laughs> I wonder. He talks a lot about well, at least in Marvels, there's a lot about like bookends, and uh, he's got a BA in the soft sciences, and she's talking about her thesis. Like he seems to have like kind of a disdain for college culture. Okay. I <laughs> I was looking on Genius to see if anybody had put in any notes about the songs and nobody really had a lot to contribute to like the about section or anything like that. But in the comment section, there were notes on two songs on this album. One song was Halflet and on Halflet, they say most underrated punk band of the last decade, bar none. For real. But on Marbles, the one comment that somebody wrote was, this guy hate reading, lol. <laughs> <laughs> this guy hate reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the what is the uh, uh, I don't care about your first editions, your typewriter ribbons, your punctuation. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's this song is like him like giving the middle finger just to like a book. <laughs> like i think realistically it's more so like people who are waving Our around pompous. their degrees and shit yeah. yeah and like that like sort of like pump like pomposity about higher education and all that kind of stuff i'm better than you because you've i fucking read books yeah so i get that but that is such a funny comment <laughs> <laughs> oh that's like a great letterbox comment for that song <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, Bar None, Bar None, my favorite song on the album. It's not even close. It opens so good, too. I'm losing all my marbles. Someone put a hole in this old bag. Isn't it funny? It's one of my favorite things when, like, a punk band or a band that you would not accept, a band that you would think would be too cool for, like, silly dad phrases, like, I'm losing my marbles. <laughs> like, I think it's so <laughs> funny when they take uh, phrases like that and put them in very hardcore punk songs. <laughs> I'm losing all of my marbles is such an adorable way to say that you're going fucking crazy. You know, I never even really thought about it. I just thought that it was really fucking cool. Yeah, it is so cool. It also like is, uh, it feels, it's very their style, which is, uh, he's making big points and he's clearly a thinker. He's a poet. He likes to think and talk about stuff. And I think that what a lot of like my favorite writers do are if they're introducing like big ideas or ideas that could be talked about like they're big like a disdain for higher education and all that kind of stuff i think it's uh it makes it a lot more accessible when they throw in phrases like that like i'm losing all of my marbles like that's like just like hey you're not gonna be talked down to in this song like this is a song for the people kind of like Carvana gets really good at that like not over explaining stuff and saying in like a simplistic fun way so that it makes it more I already said this but like accessible to those ideas he's a good writer that's interesting yeah just adds a little bit of a lightness to yes. what is otherwise possibly a very heavy topic yeah I, I I like when people write in that way where they 
it it sounds like you're and this is more about like books and novels and stuff but it's uh you're reading it like you're thinking it not like you're reading something else somebody wrote like it's like how people think it's like yeah. how you think mm-hmm. and i think that's single mothers is really good at that stream of consciousness i think is what it's absolutely called. Okay, I guess we will move on. We have the next song as Womb. The song is only 50 seconds long. I, mm-hmm. When I was doing my first listen through to make my notes for this, I totally didn't even realize <laughs> that I had skipped this song. Or I didn't skip it, but I, I didn't write any notes for it because it went straight into the next song. And I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> Yeah, this is kind of one of those songs where I was I would be listening to this album a lot on the train every day trying to make all my thoughts for it. And this is one where if you've zoned out for a minute, you'll just miss the song. Yeah. Like the song the song will just skip you by. It's really good though. I feel like every great hardcore punk album needs a couple of songs that are just like 35 seconds. Yeah, definitely my first listen all the way through, I didn't realize that like a new song had started. Yeah. And I just well, it felt also, like a continuation. Right. Which the album just kind of does. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like it's just the whole album just like sounds like one twenty-three minute song. This is my favorite moment on the album, I think. You know when he yells rock and rolls a sacrifice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really cool really really cool just a cool and it seems like he kind of i mean they're always kicking out band members and he's always got like this like it seems like the touring and especially how their live show goes and how stressful it must be to never be sure what your band is or isn't and it does seem like he's made it a sacrifice but the fact that he's so aware of it too is very what's the word i'm thinking of it's like buddhist you know what i mean he's like a monk I like I when people when you feel that sacrifice from artists, it gives me a whole lot more appreciation for it. And I know it's just him saying the word sacrifice, but you can hear it in the songs and stuff. I think that's just like that seems like a mantra that he just lives his life by, which is like rock and roll is a sacrifice. Fuck it. This is the life I live. Well, I mean, right before that, you have the line built a life of splinters just to abandon it. Yeah, he built an uncomfortable life and didn't even like it. <laughs> yeah. And left it. So I let you take my body and I throw away my life. Mm-hmm. Falling apart as I'm falling behind is how it, that is the realest feeling. I guess I'll take that as a... Yeah, next. I feel like we're breezing through. It's just such a breezable album. I mean, they're shorter. They're shorter songs. They're shorter songs and they're simple songs. Okay. Um, yeah. So what's the next song? So the next song we have is Half Lit. The other single from this album. I don't know if it was a single, but they released a music video for it. Like right. I always think those are the same thing. <laughs> so a single is what? So like what determines a single? So, uh, you can you can make a music video for not a single. Yeah. So yeah. the single is usually a track that gets released before the full album is released. And what they did with uh, this album was they released they released Marbles before they released the whole album. And then they made a music video for Halflet that they released the same week as the album was released. So a single cannot come out before the or after the album. No, because the it would the come out on the album yeah. without the other ones. Yeah. Right. Why would you re-release that? Everyone's just got the album now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've never really understood that term. I've just read it a million times in like a Beatles biography. And I'm like, what is a sing? Is that just the <laughs> famous song? I don't understand what that is. That's fine. Do you know what when I'll watch when they see it, like when somebody releases a split and it'll say first song B slash W other song. I'm like, I don't know what B slash W means. Black, white. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I would. I've always seen that as black, white. B slash W. I'm gonna look that up real quick. Uh, B slash W stands for backed with, and I'm told that C W stands for combined with. Don't. That's. I don't know what those mean, but now you know what the words are at least. <laughs> Interesting. I don't have an explanation for that. Uh, yeah, Halflet. It's uh, this. I get almost this song and uh, Overdose confused a little bit. Because they start off with a similar like guitar chord riff. Not even similar, but like played similarly, I suppose. See, I would never get them mixed up because this is one of the two songs on this album that you are legally required to clap. <laughs> Specifically, At what point do you clap? Like towards the beginning of the song, fucking, I mean, I can't replicate what it sounds like, but yeah. there's part of it where it's like a clap, clap. 
Oh, the drums. Yeah, the, the guitar is going, the guitar is going, and then it stops and the drums go bop, bop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very cool. It's very bouncy. It's it's bouncy for them. It's very like, it's like about, this song is like about as arena rock as they get. You know what I mean? It's, it sounds like a bunch of people like jumping up and down at the same time. <laughs> what what is What do you think half lit means? Like buzzed? I think that's how I've always interpreted it. Yeah. Yeah. But then uh, the uh, the song starts with him saying that he fell into a pharmacy and thought it was a lucid dream. So maybe that is what it is. A lucid dream, you know, if you're like drunk or stoned or both, you might you might get that lucid dreamy feeling, I suppose. I mean, it could it feels like the I mean, definitely possibly stoned or high, but also the kind of floaty area between asleep and awake. Where you're like falling in and out. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's like my favorite feeling in the world is when you're almost asleep. Like, you know, it's coming. You can like see it all over the horizon. Hell yeah. Like, like, like four or five minutes into trying to sleep and you're like, oh shit, here it comes. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be good. And so he said, that, and the, but then he said, so he burned it down. Hmm. That's also kind of a theme on this album. I and again, I don't, I haven't listened to a ton of their stuff, so I don't know if it's a theme that he deals with all the time, or maybe. Also, by the way, I feel like we're talking about all of his negative qualities, and I just realized, well, fucking yeah, okay, that's the album title. <laughs> I just put that together. That's just what this album is. He's just talking bad about himself the entire time. It's like what's wrong with him the entire album. Yeah. Great title for great title. I did not think of that until right now. That is a good album. <laughs> <That's a> good <laughs> album. <laughs> Once again, we love a self-aware king. Self-aware king. But he says to me, burned it down. Anything that you could ever need, I'll just think real hard about and they'll give it to me. And it's like he's he's always talking about like burning things down in his life or like abandoning things. That was seemingly a big problem with him. I'm trying so hard not to quote all of the lines from these songs, to be honest. Why? That's I thought. That, aren't we? That's what we're doing. <laughs> I mean, we can quote, <laughs> we can quote some of them, but I have like most of them written out here because they're so good. They're also he's a wonderful lyricist, and his singing voice almost I don't want to say takes away from, but it you don't, I like I don't think that you give on the first listen through of an album like this, and maybe this is just a thing with hardcore punk or heavier music in general is that it's so easy to skip over the lyrics. Yeah. And not really consider them. Getting ready for this album podcast was me reading a lot of the lyrics and being like, wow, that's a good fucking line. <laughs> like, I, didn't, <laughs> I really didn't think much about their lyrics. And there's, he's fantastic. Have you listened to any of Drew Thompson's solo stuff? No, I didn't know he had any. Yeah, and it's he's released it under three different names. So, <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Consolidate your art. <laughs> My God. He's released under Andrew Thompson, Drew Thompson, and the Drew Thompson Foundation. I've heard, I heap, anytime I read an interview with him, he introduces himself with a different version of Andrew or Drew Thompson. He doesn't have any consistency with like his, his own name. <laughs> yeah. So the solo stuff that he does, he actually sings it as opposed to yelling it. So it's, it's a lot prettier in that sense. And so it's a lot easier to digest the lyrics. So I would highly recommend his solo stuff. Most of it just makes me want to cry. That's <laughs> great. Yeah. So he, he uh, seems like he has the ability to get really beautiful with his lyrics and really personal. Yeah. And also uh, too, he did, I just remembered this at Fest one year, he played a solo set at CMC and it was incredible. And there, there was a song that he sang that I literally had stuck in my head for years, even though he never released it. Mm -hmm. And I had the words, like I, I could remember the words to at least part of that song for such a long time. And I've lost it now because it's been, it's been years and years, but it's it was, such a shame when you can't find the music somewhere where it's just a song that someone was working on or you see a live band that, you know, you couldn't find anything about them online. So they're gone forever. Or like, oh, there's a local band that used to play this song that I liked, but they never recorded it. Like, do you yeah. remember the do you remember a JC project? Is that a band that means anything to you? That sounds vaguely familiar. They just played in Jacksonville a lot when Woody and I were first in bands. Your husband, <laughs> um, Charles. Who? And what? <laughs> and uh, we would play shows with them sometimes, or they would like be at shows that we were at. 
And they have this one song that was so good, but they never recorded it. I don't know if they recorded anything ever. And I can't don't get to listen to that song now. It's so disappointing. Or there was another time I was in Gainesville. And we were seeing the Front Bottoms. And this band from Gainesville opened up from the Front Bottoms. They were called um, Too Tall. And they never said anything. They just, they were like, they were a band without words, an instrumental band. And uh, the only two times they talked during their set was before the set, they went, oh, we are too tall. And then <laughs> they play like four songs. And then he goes, once again, too tall. And then they, they said it exactly like that. And then they played like three more songs. And then they were gone. And they were nowhere online. And they were awesome. <laughs> <laughs> they were so good. And you couldn't find anything about them. It's a, Yeah, it's a shame when you just can't. Like, make a product. Let me buy it. I want to buy your pens. Let me buy it. Uh, But yeah, Half Lit is a great song. I love the loud. uh, I said, I love the loud. I love the line. Turns out these clouds were hanging on strings. I love that visualization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That like there's something keeping the clouds up there. For me. So I know you said in Womb, when he yells rock and roll is a sacrifice, you think that that is like the coolest part. I, I think in this song, when he says... Listen, there's nothing that I can't do. I've tried and I just can't lose. Yeah. Oh, that is, this song really does kick ass, doesn't it? That's so good. Half lit, connected, a magnet, I'm stagnant is also very fun. I'm sorry. I feel like I cut you off there. I'm sorry. Oh, no, you're good. I was just going to say I was blacked out in basement, like a soft pillow on hard pavement. Mm -hmm. Just a great visual, right? Oh, my God. He's a he's a wonderful visual lyricist. Blacked out in the basement. Oh my god, blacked out in the basement. Like I keep, I'm thinking of him, like blacked out in the basement from Breaking Bad. <laughs> like we're just like the least finished basement of all time. Like I don't, I'm not picturing something comfortable, like a basement with a nice couch in it or something. No, just concrete, like yeah. foundation. And like there's a drip coming from somewhere and you can't see it, but that oh, can't be 100%. good, right? <laughs> That's something we're going to have to deal with later, but who knows what it is. <laughs> a, a water heater that you don't want to get too close to. Yeah. Yeah. So the next song on the album is Feel Shame. Yeah, this one kind of slows things down a little bit. Yeah, this is the song that has like the slower drums, right? Yes, so this is honestly right now my favorite song off the album. The instruments are kind of more subdued. It slows down a little bit and a breather. It, yeah, it goes from like the very self-aware to more being reflective. Yeah, it definitely seems uh well at the very beginning he's talking a lot about what seems like he had a bad experience going to church. He didn't see, does not seem to care much for religion. Yeah. Sermon yeah, ruined my head. Mm-hmm. That is reflected too in his solo stuff. If you listen to that, there's there's a lot more about religion in his solo work. Yeah. I love the line, feel shame. It's okay. That's very, if you're feeling shame, that's like natural and you shouldn't freak out about it. I think it's like almost a good lesson. But it's also saying that the only reason that people feel shame is because they're told to. They're told what they're doing is wrong. Yeah, that's true. They feel shame, get paid is also pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Feels shame, get paid. So he feels like a, a shamefulness about his music. That's interesting because this is how he gets paid. Maybe. I always saw it as like calling people sellouts and saying, you know, take this job, make a lot of money, but feel shame. About yeah. It. Okay, that that's probably it too. Yeah, that's actually way see that guy. That's a lot better. <laughs> and then more of that nihilism of existence is sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't take anything he's saying too much at face value because he does a lot of his lines are very sarcastic. He is saying the opposite of what he thinks a lot. I love, and you don't have any problems because you're just too drunk to solve them. <laughs> yeah. He even just the way he writes, he has you can tell certain lyricists, you can tell they are poets and like writing lyrics is poetry in a sense. But you can tell that they are poets in the more like I write classic sounding poetry kind of poets. And he writes a lot in that way where he like this line, uh, but you feel lonely in a way like the days feel frayed. He does a lot of like like the blank is this. Yeah. Or, you know, it is very um, 
with like Emily Dickinson sounding sometimes if you read them out loud without <laughs> without any like screaming or like loud guitars. Yeah. In the next song, I wrote that th- there's a line in it where he says, if this is reality, I need out of this situation. And it's almost like he's, it almost sounds like he's rhyming the word reality with the word situation somehow. <laughs> yeah, where it's, he's taking words that aren't even a slant rhyme and making a slant rhyme. Yeah. Just <laughs> about how he's pronouncing it. I had to try and explain to my girlfriend the other day, first of all, who just doesn't understand like what rhyming is. Oh. I'll be like, I'll be like, tomb and womb rhyme. And she's like, why? And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I try to explain that certain words don't quite rhyme. But if you say them in a right way, you can get away with thinking they were like what a slant rhyme is. Mm-hmm. It just cannot grasp it. <laughs> it just has no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I've never seen somebody not know what rhyming is. Uh, yeah, that is a fun thing about like hardcore music and like music that has screaming. And the same thing that's cool about like rap is that like a way you say something can be you can make words rhyme. But like, I think like someone who sings like pretty straightforward, like a Taylor Swift or something would have a hard time like trying to without being without it sounding ridiculous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're mostly manipulating, if you're rapping, you're manipulating your voice a lot in ways that you wouldn't with singing and with the hardcore music, you're just fucking screaming. So you can kind of make anything sound fine. Do we want to move on to Crux? Sure. Yeah. If this is living that dream, just kill me. <laughs> right? That is a, that's a shame to read. <laughs> that's, I feel so bad for him that he thinks that. Like this is this is his dream, and he wants to die. <laughs> I also think that maybe I'm thinking that too much of his lyrics are about his music career, and maybe they're not. Maybe once again he's talking about this person he was talking about the last song, who just has some office job that pays a decent amount of money and like a wife and a kid or something. Maybe that's the person who's living the dream, quote unquote. Yeah, maybe. I'm a weed is a really funny line. I love I love that. It's I'm a weed. It's I want so to good. take over everything and I'm succeeding at suffocating all my surroundings. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, I yeah. love that. It's really good. I'm a weed is a great visual. I love when he says, and you'll beg and you'll cry and I'll move on and you'll try. Yeah. I'm no quitter. I just quit when the situation demands it. It is taking a lot of like personal responsibility off the table. And I think that's I think that's interesting. <laughs> And and it's also a good lesson to learn that like just because you stop doing something doesn't mean you're a quitter. Just if you decide to do something, you shouldn't necessarily feel like you have to see it out if you don't like it. Like when parents make their kids play sports and their kids like, I don't want to play soccer. And they're like, well, you're gonna you're no quitter. And he's like, I don't know. Maybe I just don't like soccer. Yeah. To, like find other shit that I'm actually into. That'd be probably smarter to do than make me do a thing. I hate. It's funny that you say that because we had Jude and karate for a while and there were, there were a whole lot of like issues going on with the particular place that we had put him in and it like underwent new ownership, new management and all of this shit. And at the end of it, he got to a point where he just really didn't like being in the program anymore. And he was literally two weeks away from getting his black belt and we were, and we had to pull him out. Yeah, but like, did he go to get a like do, go do karate somewhere else? No, I mean that was the last that he that he did it. I mean it just it became something that he just really, really, really disliked, and yeah. we had to. I mean, Woody and I talked about it, and I had to talk to his dad about it, and I was just like, "This is not something that is good for his mental health anymore," and it's just. He's not a quitter. He just quit when the situation demanded it. Exactly. It's a great, that's a great line. That's a good lesson to have. I don't know if that's exactly like what he means by it or anything, but that's a good place. It's a good place for your mind to be, which is like, I can stop doing this. I mean, I feel like as a society, there's this push to like work through the sucky parts of something, but there gets to be a point where the push through is more painful than just letting go. And it could be like as simple as I don't like doing this thing. So I'm just not going to do it. It's like married couples who stay together forever because they're like, well, we're not going to get divorced. And it's like, yeah, but do you want to? Like you can get divorced. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to like be in an unhappy marriage your entire life. Get divorced. 
you're not a quitter. The situation is demanding it. Yeah. I mean, if you try something out and it doesn't work, why keep going through it? Right. Life's too short. You shouldn't be pushing yourself to do something like Exactly. So great line. Great line from a great song. <laughs> we found like a positive line on this negative quality album. Yeah, maybe he, by the way, he also might not mean it positively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. I, but, it, but it's certainly relatable. It's a line I hung on to. Next. All right. The next song on the album is Patricide. Great word. Those are, these are three songs in a row that all have are named after just great words. Crooks, patricide, and ketamine are all very fun words to say. <laughs> yeah, how did you guys feel about patricide? I need God about as much as she needs me is such a punk rock lyric. I'm obsessed yeah, with it. Right? <laughs> patricide is killing your dad, right? Yes. Hmm. Uh, the old Marvin Gaye. Wait, no, his dad killed him. What is that? I don't know. Is there a word for that? Yeah, word for kill- word for killing your son. Filicide. Yeah. It's killing your kid, but it can be either of them. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that, that one seems to happen a lot more. Anyway, the, these lyrics are kind of like, well, at least the very first line is like so beautiful. We're like slow motion shooting stars. Mid-swell yeah. dying at the local bar. Mm-hmm. That's a great lyric. She said, I only believe in patricide. Daddy's little girl gone wild. <laughs> I love what, it. I love that. What could I? What could I only believe in patricide mean? Because the, the word "only" is what's throwing me. Like as opposed to what is the yeah, question? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I believe I believe in patricide. No, I only believe in patricide. It is the only thing I believe in. Okay, she hates her dad. Yeah, it just seems like a lot of pent up daddy issues. Mm-hmm. I feel that can't relate. Yeah, you have a great dad. So that... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love I love my dad so much. <laughs> my, my dad's my my best friend. I, I made a note of this as well. This whole verse is so like it almost sounds like uh, it sounds like something you said to your girlfriend that you're kind of ashamed of and you don't want anyone else to have ever heard you say it because you weren't being understanding or nice. Like when he goes, I know things have been crazy lately. Come on, don't make me beg for it, baby. I know you're worried about your mom and dad, but we both know you're better than that. It sounds like he's saying some really hurt, like hurtful shit. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not being sensitive to this woman at all. Come on, I know things have been crazy. I know your dad's dying. Like, can we fuck? <laughs> like, that sounds like what he's, what he's saying to her. Yeah, definitely get that uh, intention to it. Yeah, don't make me beg for it, baby. It's such a like ugly sentence to say out loud to a person. Genuinely. Yeah. Don't make me beg for it, baby. Ew, dude. Ugh. I think that, yeah, that's, that one came off as like very like confessional to me. Yeah, I've always thought of Drew's writing as Bukowski-esque, which isn't necessarily a compliment in every sense. And this is one of those times when... But also there's something about it to me where I love it when Drew says it specifically. It's fine to me. (laughs) Well, because I'm not sure that Drew's a bad person. I'm positive that Bukowski was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I am very sure that Charles Bukowski was an asshole. Like a rapist asshole. Unless those are just stories, but they he certainly openly talks about that in his books. So yeah, very confessional song. And that's seemingly one of the hardest things about being an artist is like not even just being fine with being confessional, but being good at it. Yeah. Like showing me the bad sides of you and me still being on your side a little bit. Like me still like caring for you and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The the anti-hero. Like Tony Soprano, why are we rooting for him? It can't just be that he's the star of the show. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way. He's such a bad person. Yeah, this one, this came off to me as one of the more confessional songs. And it also came off to me more as this song felt like more of a character study of someone else more than himself, which is kind of strange for this album. Usually him like looking inward and not out. Mm -hmm. And then, but still mostly makes it about him. So, Okay, so next song on the album is Ketamine. Fairly self-explanatory song title. The opening lines of the song are so good. What are they? Okay, I said the opening lines, but it's like um, a little bit into the verse. He says, she said, why don't you put that in one of your stupid poems so I can hate it? I really want... (laughs) (laughs) That 
ruled. I hope someone said that to him. Like, I hope that was actually like an insult someone said because that is so mean. <laughs> Put that in the song so I can hate it. <laughs> Incredible. And then I never, uh, I never met anyone who wanted so badly to be hated. Is that a line from the song? Yeah. Oh God, yeah, that's awesome. I really want an official copy of that statement. Is true or is yeah. really funny too? You like, you know, when someone burns you so hard and you're like, "Damn, really good one though." Like. <laughs> Ah, that was incredible. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> You're like ketamine, you get me so sedated. Is I've definitely had relationships like that before or like met people like that before where they just like they like drain you of who you are. You just you do become just kind of a sedated person. Yeah, I don't know if I've had any direct experiences like that. They're just the only thing that it makes me think of are like people who it's difficult to be in a conversation with because they've got their thing that they want to talk to you about that you don't care about. <laughs> and you're just sitting there the whole time, like, please get me out of this. Yeah, I relate to that. A I, like that he, I like that he says his own name in this song. That was literally what I was about to say. Yeah, isn't that so, isn't that so funny? That's like, that's rap shit. That's so cool. He like, call own, your own name out. <laughs> he says his own name twice in this song. Yeah, that's so funny. There, and one of the lines is, it's like quoted Tyson says, and all those AA rhyme schemes that I know are all about me. And to be honest, Drew, they're getting pretty mean. Yeah. I saw a picture of your boyfriend on the nightstand being like an unrelated to the last verse. Like that's just a, so a single solo line in this and it ends the song. And it like almost like changes your perspective about the entire song. You're like, oh, sh this girl's the one who sucks. Yeah, I mean, I think to be fair, they both kind of suck. But yeah, well, it sounds like yeah. he just kind of, yeah. well, he certainly thinks he sucks. True. He can't be. He, he can't. He can't be nearly as bad as he says he is. <laughs> He's his least biggest fan. I always get tripped out a little bit when I am listening to a song that has been recorded sometime in the past twenty plus years, where they say words like blog or Twitter or MySpace, and it's in the song. And I'm always like, oh, what? <laughs> that's like, no, that's so separate from music. Don't talk about that here. Like, there's a modern baseball song where they say Twitter. And, yeah, they talk and, about Twitter. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> don't talk about Twitter. I, I love that, though. I feel like modern baseball specifically is capable of doing that in a way that most fans aren't. Nice. Yeah. They pull it off nice for sure. Blog. Hate-filled blogs. <laughs> yeah, this one is good. Do you guys think that... Do you ever notice when you listen to albums, you're like, I only listen to the first half. I listen to the first half of that album way more than I do the second half. Or vice versa, where you're like, I listen to these chunks, like this chunk from that album, but not the whole thing. Even if you like the whole thing. Yeah, there's a couple albums that I'll only listen to, like, the front half or the back half. Right. Yeah, it's, I, I think a lot of bands like Front Load, or like, uh, load up the front half of the album a lot more than the back half, because they're, like, trying to get your attention. Mm -hmm. And I do, I feel that a little bit about negative qualities, not to, you know, shit on it at all. But there is kind of like overdosed going into marbles and then, like, you know, then like a 50 seconds on and then a uh, half lit. It's just all like, it's such a, it's so many punches in the face. And then once they kind of slow it down, I think like the energy, it just goes down a little bit, which maybe is their intention. It's not even necessarily a bad thing, but I do often, I've listened to this side of the album way less. I really love blood pressure. I wrote down pretty much every lyric. <laughs> yeah <laughs> blood pressure is a good one but it's like in the middle of all of them so i just never i never have it on yeah i mean well that's the best segue to talk about the next song blood pressure yes what are your favorite lines august i've been running away for so long i've forgotten what was behind me that's really good uh but i see yeah. destroy everything i've ever touched never fix a fucking thing just grab a bottle and run I love the way he says, never fix a fucking thing. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta throw it in there. Tried to fight it, tried to hide it, but fuck it, I am who I am, and I'm not just gonna change. Yeah. I like when he says, uh, I've, I've apologized for these cravings, and then the person he's talking to says, so either make a change or shut the fuck up about it already. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that so I, much. I like reading them too because you see which ones are quotes and which like that's not him saying those two lines in a row. That's him saying a line and then someone saying that line to him. Yeah. That changes the entire perspective on the lyric to me. There are just so many good lines in this song. 
and again also some more great visualization that almost like makes me want to like grab my arms like out of like pain i feel like my timeline's been bent like someone's twisted all my veins someone twisting all your veins is a disgusting powerful visual yeah, yeah. it's so ugh, ugh. i don't even like remembering i have the veins <laughs> This ain't a confession. It's a warning. I'm not half as good in real life. As don't make me in your stories. Uh-huh. Yeah. The whole chorus. Yeah. We could have made a drinking game out of how many times he mentions bars. It says the word baby. He, yeah, he says yeah. baby a lot. He's always talking about going to bars. <laughs> he's always talking about, yeah, mostly those two things. He brings up blood a lot. I've got more alcohol inside me than blood is a crazy lyric, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting in. Oh, that is, by the way, not necessarily with drinking, but just with like so many things is uh, I've got more alcohol inside me than blood. I'm getting concerned, but not, not enough, enough to, to get it up. up. Mm-hmm. There are people who are like have a cough and they're like they're smokers and they have a cough and they're like, I know. Yeah, I'm just, I just I got to uh, I got to stop smoking. How often have you heard people who have a cigarette currently lit in their hands say, oh, yeah, I got to stop smoking. And then they just keep having the cigarette. <laughs> they keep smoking that cigarette. <laughs> I'm getting concerned, but not enough to give it up is such a relatable feeling. It's good. It's good. It's good. This ain't a confession. It's a warning. <laughs> yeah, this song's just a banger. Yeah, pure banger. I love this. I love this ain't a confession. It's a warning. Like, there's a difference between, you know, like, uh, what's that old saying? If someone tells you who they are, believe them. Mm-hmm. It's like, that sounds like to me, that's what he's saying. This isn't me just telling you something wrong I did. It's me saying, can you believe I did something this wrong? Get the fuck out of here. You don't want to be near me. But also he says, baby scratch the surface and I get boring. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. Right? (laughs) (laughs) I, right. Isn't it so funny? But I think I'm such a music head. I love music and I listen to band sets and and stuff, whatever. Like there are some deep ones there. But if you scratch the surface on like what I think is an interesting music taste, you'll be like, oh, his favorite band is Led Zeppelin. All right. It's pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the song goes, this song goes crazy for sure. And is this next one the last one? Yeah. So the oh, last man. song is called Money. This is the second song that has a absolutely mandated clap clap part. Mm-hmm. I know which part you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Money, by the way, is one of those songs, uh, is one of those words that like a million songs are named that. Like, you know how every band has a song called Holiday? <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel like right off the top of my head, I can think of four songs that are called Money. Yeah. I don't really know what you want from me. I'm tired of these phone calls. I'm tired of hearing this fucking thing ringing and pretending you're not just some nightmare that started breathing. <laughs> yeah. That's how it feels when they're calling about bills. <laughs> is reoccurring a word? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's I think it's technically recurring. Yeah, no, I was just re- say, isn't it recurring? Re- is it is re- is recurring wrong? Or are those different things? Hold on. Now I gotta Google it. I think here, this is my guess real quick. Reoccurring is um when something happens to you often, like a reoccurring thing that happens to me is my bike gets stolen or something. I think recurring is like a character that shows up a lot. Or something. I think there's there's going to be some slight difference. Like, okay, here's a here's a Grammarly article. It's I a- just have that one too. <laughs> <laughs> While they are very close in meaning, they are not the same. Something that is recurring happens over and over again, possibly at regular intervals. In contrast, something that is reoccurring is simply happening again, but not always repeatedly. Oh, okay. So re a recurrent like a recurring character in the show shows up frequently. Yeah. But a reoccurring character in a show has shown up twice, basically. I guess. I think maybe characters in TV shows are bad example for what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what were you going to say? That was me just noticing a word and being like, oh, is that how you say <laughs> The line, and I'm just tired of helping you think that you're making the right decisions when we both know you'll just end up regretting them. You don't pay attention to your mistakes. Awesome. <laughs> really, really awesome lyric. Take all my money from me. Yeah. All you want is attention. You see, I know you better than your games. I see is such a, or you see is such a evil sounding thing to say. <laughs> you, sound, like, you sound like a Bond villain. You see. You see. Yeah. Like you're telling him your plan. <laughs> you're monologuing. Like to interrupt your expectations because they think you could use a little redirection. Hmm. 
A little redirection. I wonder what he means by that lyric. I, was, I like to interrupt your expectations, meaning that like he's going to be disappointing. But a little redirection, is that like redirecting people away from him? I don't know. I felt like he's talking shit on this person that he's talking to in the song. And you need some redirection from whatever it is that you're focusing on that isn't what you should be. Wow. Oh, he brought a, a bar in this one. Yeah. Take a shot, yep. Take a shot everybody. <laughs> and all the guys at the bar that think your eyes look like shooting stars. Well, I've seen them burn out and crumble into dust. And then I've watched you settle. He seems very afraid of being boring. Yeah. Which people should be afraid of. It's the mm-hmm. worst thing you can be. Boring people suck. So, <laughs> but they do. It's like my, I have a friend who calls me. At me next time. Yeah. I have a friend who's a very boring, I'm staring straight at No, um, my friend Roxy will call me and she'll be like, oh, I just went out on a date with this guy. And I'm like, how was it? She goes, I don't know. He was nice, but he was boring. And I was like, oh, it's over then. Like, that's like the worst. We've decided collectively that's like the, the worst thing you can call somebody after a first date is that they're boring <laughs> but that seems to be like something he also thinks he seems very worried about being boring i'm not worried about it i just know that i am you're not boring you have a podcast i have a podcast now i'm not boring <laughs> you are not a boring person you are so not a boring person you would know if you were boring y'all have no idea how many hours a day i spend just lying on a couch <laughs> Yeah, but that's just because that feels so good. <laughs> it does feel <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, a real banger to send out this album. You know, uh, money money goes pretty hard. Yeah, and that's uh, I feel like a, a decision that a lot of bands have to make. It's like are we going to go out on something that's like maybe a little slower but a little more meaningful? Like I feel like the men singers do that a lot, but they add the album with like an acoustic song. They definitely do that on an impossible cast. I think maybe not acoustic, but only a slower song. No, they do it with Rented World, I think. They end. That's an acoustic one. And doesn't Omni Impossible Pass end with the song that has it's called like Freedom something? Freedom Bridge. It's not acoustic, but it it's is. not acoustic, but it is like it's like slower, lower, a little like. Yeah. And uh, they don't do that on negative qualities. They just go, they go for the fucking throat on this one. I mean, Money is a slower song. It's kind of like the prettiest song in the album. It's not as like, it's not as fast as the other songs, but. Certainly not as fast, yeah. but pretty heavy. It does have like the most melody out of any of the songs, right? Yeah. It's very melodic. Your eyes look like shooting stars is such a... It's funny that that line is kind of lame. Not lame, but very like pretty, if you will. And you'd be like, oh, he's like, kind of, he's getting kind of soft. And then the next line is, well, I've seen them burn out and crumble into dust. <laughs> That's why I read that. That's why I read that mm-hmm. whole section, because I think it's, it goes so well together. So all the guys in the bar that think your eyes look like shooting stars... And you're like, oh, I've seen the burnout to crumble into dust. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. And then the, and then I watched you settle. I feel like that has like multiple meanings. Take all my money from me. I guess I don't really need it anyway. You can't take it with you. All I want to do is sit here complaining is straight up. It's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> Isn't sitting around with your friends and just bitching like the best is that what we're doing on this podcast? It's not what we're doing on this podcast, but it should be. Yeah, you guys should have like a, a segment at the beginning where you just like just bitch about whatever's going on. And just do that a one-off for, episode. Yeah, the bitch cast where we where we bitch about everything. <laughs> that would be great. I that would be my favorite podcast to listen to. Two people that I think are funny just complaining about their lives. But yeah, a great song to end it, and just such a. It's funny how we talked about this album for about fucking six times as long as it is. <laughs> like three. <laughs> yeah. Like three times. Well, three yeah. still. All right. But <laughs> still. Still very, very long. Is this, do you think that after editing and stuff, this will be the longest episode? That's what I'm trying to go toward. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm so sorry to break this to you, but we talked to Tyler from Guilt about Captain We're Sinking, and that conversation was three hours long. I was three able- hours to talk about Captain We're Sinking. Yeah, it was incredible. I was able to edit that. Awesome. I edited it down <laughs> to two hours. So that episode- you cut an hour. <laughs> the episode is going to be two hours long. So everyone prepare for that. But oh my god, that's awesome! About which are you doing? Obviously, the album I forget the name of it but that has Montreal on it. Yes, great album, dude. Great song. Yeah, but that's I guess that's it. That's that's single mother's negative qualities. 
And uh, I like this where I have to listen to an album for kind of an assignment because this is like one of my favorite albums now. Yeah. You know, because it's the album I like. I I know I know this album better now than a lot of my other favorite albums. That's like a good. That's a good way to get into music is to like sit. You actually have to like work and study for it and have like pressure. Like I need to know what I'm talking about so the other people on the podcast aren't like this guy. He was an idiot. He had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to have you back on to talk about some other bands. Ugh, I would love to. Well, who else is play? Well, we can talk about that off off the cast or whatever. Kevin, so um, many other people have played fast. It's ridiculous. I know, I know, I know, I know. But like, I want to know. I gotta look. I would, there's got to be a full list. There's got to be some nerd online that's like put together a list of every band that has. That would be so helpful you. for us, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> change my life. Why? How are you having a hard time? No, I mean it, it's just kind of a matter of like obviously in more recent years we can kind of love to see you know who's played recently but i am really just kind of going off of memory and i'm like i know i've seen this band at fest before we can cover them and that's <laughs> that's just what i've got because i mean there's there's nowhere that's going back all like okay obviously it's 21 years but why was that this year it was like this is the 21st yeah wow and they didn't skip did they skip a covid year yeah okay so it's the 21st it's been 21 years since or it's this was the 21st one. This was the 21st one. So they started in 2002. So it's been it's existed for 23 years or 22 years. Cuz they skipped yeah. one, right? Yeah. Okay. It was originally like each year so like my first fest was Fest 11 which was in 2012. So right. it was like the date and the number were separated by by one and the, and now it's separated by two. My sister, this is a fun fest fact, and I feel like this is why fest works. My sister is like, my sister's a normie. She doesn't listen to punk rock music or anything, but she went to UF and she would always come home for the fest weekend because they have the Florida Georgia game. So Gainesville like empties out because they have that game playing and then they all the punks come in and just like take over Gainesville for a weekend. Yeah, they do that on purpose. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I It's like so strategic. And uh, it was just always so funny because my sister had to stay there once because she was working. And she's like, I fucking hate it here when Fest is happening. <laughs> she's all these crusty, pink haired weirdos are fucking walking around listening to their loud music. I can't go to any of my places that I like to go to. She hates Fest. She just so hates funny. me. She just hates like being bothered. <laughs> it's like when Lala, it's like when Lollapalooza comes to Chicago. I'm like, the fuck out of here. <laughs> It's not as bad. It was not as bad. Lollapalooza in Chicago. Oh, well, it's not near me. It's just that, like, the trains are, like... Yeah, that's the only part that really gets messed up they're about like, it. Right. They're, like, it's just, like, these, like, white 20-year-old girls, like, downing White Claws at 7.30 in the morning while I'm on my way to work. So, like, I'm just on the train. I'm, like, dressed up for work. And they're, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a fucking good time today. <laughs> rubbing it on my face and then later on the way home from work is them on the train and they're like falling over because they've been drinking those same white claws all day long oh yeah yeah my friends go every year and it's they have a a contest to see who can get fucked up the most the hardest (laughs) yeah that's a don't make a competition out of it guys Uh, i mean look so so dangerous (laughs) they're 20 year olds who've born and raised in the midwest Drinking yeah. is no longer a competition. It is just yeah. a lifestyle. Chicago is a pretty hard drinking city. I'll give it that. Oh, yeah. Uh, they know how to party. Yeah. I just want to say thank you guys for having me on, by the way. I was very excited. Uh, August and I talked about doing a podcast before, and then obviously we never did. Yeah, it was this one. <laughs> I wanted you to do yeah. this podcast with me. <laughs> I, I, I'm so glad I got to be a guest on it instead. <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow us on Facebook or Patreon, we're there at Best Friends Forever. We're on Instagram at Best Friends Forever Pod. Shit. If you'd like to reach out old school, you can send an email to bestfriendsforeverpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.